Hello, Bobby Schindler here with another installment of Bioethics Report. I'm here today to speak about the recent death of Jahai McMath. Jahai uh, passed away at June 22nd. If you follow the Life and Hope Network, uh, you might remember or you will remember Jahai's uh, story. Uh, it was almost five years ago in December 2013 where Jahai went in for uh, surgery to remove her tonsils in Children's Hospital of Oakland, uh, California and complications followed the surgery and uh, she was diagnosed as being brain dead and this was in a relatively short period of time after the I guess completion of her surgery and what followed was a uh, uh, a fight between Jahai's parents Naila and Marvin and the hospital uh, children's hospital where uh, they were taking the steps to remove Jahai's uh, life support, life support to, which would have ended her life, and the parents believed that they, uh, they wanted more time for Jahai to see if, in fact, she re could recover. They felt as though she was showing signs of responsiveness and uh, just felt that it was too short of a, uh, too short of, um, of a time after her surgery of a diagnosis of being brain dead, and, and again, we're just asking for time, which should have been afforded to them, but uh, essentially was not. The hospital um, really stood firm in their decision. Uh, the parents had to go to court to find relief. It, it turned into a, uh, a real nasty fight in the media um, where uh, the hospital uh, was really saying things that, that I thought and many other people thought were inflammatory and just um, uh, inappropriate to... To describe Jahai in the way that they were. They were calling her a corpse. They were saying she was dead uh, and all sorts of other types of uh, labels. They were uh, giving uh, Jahai to justify the position of removing her life support and other parents were just uh, uh, thrown into this battle and, and reacted, I think, any, in any way a parent would and, and, uh, and they were just giving it right back to the hospital and Again, it turned into a, a, a real visible fight and a public fight in, in the media. And the uh, Life and Hope uh, Network was involved in uh, advocating for Naila and, and Marvin and, uh, and, and their effort, again, to afford uh, to high time to see if, in fact, she could recover. And uh, what it turned out to be, uh, ultimately it turned out to where the hospital uh, was uh, agreeable to having Jahai transfer out of that facility if the parents could find a place. And that's where we really uh, were involved because we worked with a, a team of people uh, and other organizations to try and find a facility that would accept Jahai. And eventually we did, which is in New, was in New Jersey. And, and it was, I believe, the first week of January, almost a month after the initial um complications from the surgery that uh, we were able to, uh, they were able, the parents were able to transfer Jahai to a St. Peter's Hospital in, in New Jersey. And uh, Jahai was there for a short period of time before she was uh, taken to a home in, in New Jersey by Naila and Marvin, her parents, to be cared for. And Jahai really, uh, I think, was uh, proving to the doctors and medical community and also to the parents' assertions that she was not brain dead because uh, the hospital said that she would not survive more than, I believe it was a couple of weeks because of her condition. In fact, uh, she was 
by the time she went home, she had already survived several months. So we uh, we kept in touch with Jahai and her parents uh, with the our offices in Philadelphia and um, with me uh, traveling to Philadelphia on a monthly basis. I would try to visit with Jahai and Naila and Marvin on a regular basis, which I did. And uh, over the past uh, uh, four years and was fortunate to be there and, and experienced um, and, and witnessed Jahai responding to her mom's uh, uh, certain commands, moving her fingers, moving her feet. And it was just remarkable to see uh, Jahai uh, you know, having the ability to do these things after the hospital was so certain that she was uh, uh, brain dead. And, and while all this was going on, uh, and again, this was in New Jersey, there was a court battle uh, taking place in uh, California, where Jahai's attorney was uh, petitioning the courts to remove the brain dead or the uh, the uh, what was essentially um, California uh, establishing that Jahai was in fact uh, dead, and and they did issue her a a death certificate, and so the attorneys were working to uh, to remove that from um, from the record because they believed that. Jahai uh, was showing signs that she was not brain dead, and and again, the the court was, I guess, gathering evidence, and there was actually a court date set for February uh, of 2019, but unfortunately, uh, this past, uh, I guess it, it started, Jahai, or um, Naila had contacted me in, in May and said that Jahai was, was not doing well, and I guess she began to deteriorate, deteriorate and ultimately um, succumbed to um, some complications that she was having and, uh, and uh, died on June 22nd, which was very sad. And, and our family, uh, my wife and I and my, my daughter, went to the services, which were held this past weekend in Oakland, California. It was a beautiful service, a gospel uh, service that I had never attended before. And... Uh, there was uh, several hundred people there, and there were people there, her family, that were paying tribute to uh, Jahai, and um, it was a, it was a very nice nice tribute to Jahai, and a very special ceremony, and I'm, I was glad uh, to be there. Uh, what's going to uh, the consequences from uh, Jahai's case? I think uh, are still going to play out. Uh, I believe that they uh, will have to see, but uh, I, I would think that there will still be some type of um, hearing or, or trial or something to, to in fact prove that Jahai was in fact not brain dead by the evidence that the family was collecting and, and uh, so subsequently over the years have submitted to the court in California. So I would think because of the importance of this case, uh, bioethically, medically, um, uh, also legally, so many aspects of this case are important, I think, to... Um, uh, to continue and move forward, even though Jahai passed away, to uh, to prove uh, that she, in fact, was not uh, brain dead. and Which brings us back to uh, our position and something I've always uh, uh, been trying to, um, in my writings, have been advocating for a change in the brain death diagnosis. Uh, I, I think there's too many discrepancies. It was established way back in the late uh, 1960s. It's being used... Uh, throughout the country by the medical community and 
Uh, there's been reports in credible journals of uh, medical journals of the inconsistencies and as I said the discrepancies in in the the determination of brain death and and what seems even more troubling from the calls that we've been receiving at the Life and Hope Network from our crisis lifeline, our families have been calling us more and more uh, over the past couple of years, particularly since Jahai's case became so public. Families calling us uh, very concerned about their loved ones being diagno diagnosed in a very short period of time, uh, almost frantic, many of the families that are calling us, where uh, they, again, they want time. They, they don't understand the, the rush to end their loved one's life and uh, want time to see if, in fact, that their loved ones can recover. So we've been dealing with more and more of these cases where they call us and we try to intervene and, and uh, afford these families the time that they're asking for uh, before they make an ultimate decision um, or a, a decision that could never be changed that they uh, decide to remove uh, the, the life support from their loved one which would end uh, their loved one's life. So uh, I think there's uh, still a lot to be determined from Jahai's case. We'll have to, uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted and, and see, uh, see what the courts are going to do now that Jahai died. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I ask you to please keep Jahai's uh, family in your prayers. Her mother's having a very difficult time, and uh, as one can imagine, and uh, they need our prayers. So uh, with that, uh, just some initial thoughts, and, and I think I'll come back and talk more about Jahai's case, and uh, I think some of the more important bioethical issues, uh, I think, involving Jahai's case and the brain diagnosis, and really how it intertwines with the organ donations, uh, I, I think they're uh, intimately or closely connected, um, and, and why some of these decisions are being made in a very quick period of time to end the lives of, of these, these persons who have been diagnosed as brain dead to, uh, to harvest the organs. But uh, perhaps that'll be a, uh, uh, an upcoming podcast. So as I said, please keep um, Jahai's family in your prayers. And uh, until, we, uh, uh, until we know for sure um, you know, what the courts are going to do. Uh, but as soon as, as soon as we hear something, we'll, we'll come back and and update you. So thank you very much and, and have a uh, and have a good day.